Welcome to Making Bank, the show for Bankless DAO by Bankless DAO, where each week we highlight a project and a personality from inside the Bankless DAO. We want to showcase the work that we do and the people who do it. This is our story as we journey to become more bankless. If you want to learn more about what it is that we do, then just keep listening. We hope you enjoy today's episode of Making Bank. Hi, I'm Drost, and welcome to another episode of Making Bank. Today's guest goes by Salman Needs a Job on socials. He joined Bankless DAO in late 2021 and has been deeply involved in the community and multiple projects for over a year. A couple of notes before we jump into the episode. Our conversation was recorded in December, so a couple of relative date references are off. And since then, Salman has launched an India Blockchain Week series on his own channel, covering various Web3 topics over a number of interviews at ETH India, as well as adjacent events that took place in the city of Bangalore. He has also completed the Dow Punks cohort that we discuss in this episode, has launched his Juicebox campaign, and has since been selected as one of the community grant recipients on Dow Drops, a first-of-its-kind retroactive public goods funding initiative by Dorg and the Ethereum Foundation. And finally, we refer to several colleagues using some shorthand. NF is NF Thinker, Jaris is Jaris James, and Ernest is Ernest of Gaia. All are core contributors at Bankless Dow. All right, Salman, welcome to Making Bank. It is great to have you on the show. Super, very excited. Where I'd like to start is a small correction. You're not wrong when you said that I joined the Discord server on 2021, but I also did uh, leave the server uh, right then. As in, I got timed out of the guest pass and uh, I returned in uh, late February when I really intended to get involved and uh, my journey actually began in Feb. But through that time, I was still familiar with Bankless DAO, reading the newsletters and even joined the season two launch Twitter spaces. But yeah, officially got involved late Feb, early March. Okay. I actually, I do a little trolling in the discord before interviews and I was just seeing, and I saw that you had posted to NF and that was probably the beginning of your relationship with the, with NF. And he jumped in when you were asking, Hey, can somebody renew my guest pass? And NF would say, Hey, I'll do it. And by the way, you, should, you might want to look into joining Dow relationships. Yeah. And I think that was the impetus. I jumped right in and you've been very active in Dow relationships ever since. Yeah. When I initially joined, when I tried to intentionally get started in the DAO, NF, I think he guided me. I was trying to join the new joiners call and I wasn't, I was struggling to find it, <laughs> find the call. So I went to the calendar channel and I found like a hundred events and I was so confused. I didn't know what was happening. And I was like, man, how, how does one, how does even one start here? It's crazy. Yeah. And just a note on that, on like doing a brag check on Discord. So one of the channels that I did message in, one of my earliest messages was on the intro channel, DAO intros, which is no more today. Mm -hmm. It's been archived. Oh, yeah, sad. it's been archived. And I think it's very sad because that channel is like a treasure trove of information in first messages of many people in the DAO. And that is no more. And it was no more through consensus. It was a forum uh, proposal and everything. But then when I think about it, I'm like, man, it's historic reference at the very least. It is. I'm going to have to remember that those archives, they don't show up in the search, do they? They don't, but I have been told that there's a Notion page where all of the intros are saved and valuable reference that uh, we might have lost. However, it isn't as accessible when you search for it. 
Yeah, I don't want to lose that historical stuff. Yeah, there was that NFT that I think Sinjin and Cryptobushi put together that was a collection of audio snips from early community calls. That was actually a pretty cool NFT. It's got this cacophony of voices in it. Absolutely. One of the first times that I was like mind blown by Bankless DAO is when I attended a community call. And when I heard about this NFT project, there were a couple of NFT projects that were being hyped. One is this one and another one is a taxation uh, form, uh, Metaversal form, uh, I think it's called uh, Metaversal Tax Guide. And I was like, man, these are such innovative, such creative NFT projects that you don't really hear about elsewhere, mm-hmm. people doing anything like that. And it's like, it's so cool that people are actually doing something like this, getting creative with these projects. And I was like, literally mind blown ever since I'm like, man, Bagless DAO is where, where things are happening. People are working, people are just getting started with these kind of projects. And it's so awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. And we've talked about this before where everything's new, these new tools coming out. And I was just checking out, I keep mentioning Johnny and Aaron R from List of DAOs, but they're working on some other stuff, the central list. And then they have a, a small DAO now at the Discord server, Eli5 DAO. And they're doing tool testing in like a three-month cycle on an Epic, you know, use the term Epic, but like these three-month cycles to explore new tools. And we're all learning, and I haven't jumped into one of them yet, but they're working on Colony. They've also been experimenting and working with Charmverse, which I think you were involved with that, with Dowlationships. Yeah, Charmverse, we've had a demo in Dowlationships. Sandeep Das brought the demo to Bankless DAO. So looked like a great product, a very cool product. But also ever since, on some of the other like communities I'm part of, I think through Farcaster, I found the same people hanging out uh, who did the demo of Charmverse. And I see them on some other discords as well. Something else I want to bring up, which is something really cool about this space, is that it almost feels like, <laughs> even though like Web3 is whatever, however big it is, it is actually quite a small community. So people in Bankless DAO, mm-hmm. you're going to find all around. Yeah, and that's something cool about DAO relationships, especially because it's people from across the spectrum of in the DAO space that you'll find hanging out because of these inflows of DAO plumats, either through these demos or people who just want to explore what's up in Bankless DAO. Yeah, absolutely. I did initially start with Crypto Sapiens when my one of my earliest calls was at DAO relationships, which was which was actually a demo of a product called Sobel, which was being demoed by Alex from Sobel. And that's where I got a POAP, my first POAP as well, uh, after the call for attending that demo. And I asked a question during that demo at the end. Jaris was the steward of the demo. I asked a question and after the question, CryptoDad gave me a tip of 20 bank and he told me that, hey, we're having, we have a call tomorrow in Dow relationships. Feel free to join. So I think the reason why I hung out in Dow relationships is because of the people that were like really friendly to me so after that i joined that actually i joined that first call and i actually did not understand anything it was about it was a weekly sync where nf and a few others Ernest, i i think and crypto dad and a few others were there i think they were discussing i don't know what at, at that time i just didn't get it but there was also jaris and nf were also planning a, a nama with the idols i believe or one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, what happened is I, it was like 12, 30 in the night or something for me. And I actually slept off during the call. And then after an hour or more, after a very long time, I found myself in the call still with only Jaris and uh, NF. 
and i was like really embarrassed and i disconnected the call and i left and haven't told anybody since but i was really embarrassed because it seemed like i was listening in on two people just actually doing some work oh so were you did, did you like doze or something <laughs> wake up and realize you're in a meeting with them is that what happened i don't know how i woke up but yeah i just slept off because that is the first call in relationships and i really didn't understand anything they had they seemed to have a lot going on and i before the call i just went through the notion i tried to understand what it was about but during the call anyway the next call was much better it was an intro call where ernest took me through the entire thing and i was like far more i just went ahead uh, uh, like significantly through that intro call but that weekly thing not only was not helpful it was embarrassing <laughs> well that's how you make friends right you embarrass yourself yes. now i know though now i see people who when you find people just not talking and just uh, hanging out in discord like after the call you know that they have fallen asleep <laughs> yeah they've either fallen asleep or afk or away from keyboard or something <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the funniest thing happened, which is that recently after a demo, maybe the Chamber's demo, <laughs> like after the demo, I ended up falling asleep. Basically, I did not leave the voice channel on Water Cooler after the demo ended, and then like after an hour or something like that, I, I still had my earphones on, and then I hear Elemental waking me. <laughs> Elemental came to the Water Cooler and is like, "Salman, what's what are you doing? Are you are you sleeping?" I'm like, "Oh no, yes, I am." Thank you for <laughs> doing me this favor. So, anyone, if you happen to be in the Discord and you and you're traversing it and you see Salman hanging out in the water cooler, be very be gentle when you come in. Don't just jump in and yell and say, "Hey, Salman!" You know, you might startle him. So, so it's just that like oh, most of these calls happen in the night, which I'm very happy to take. I'm actually as you like, I work in the night, but again, there are times which are not infrequent where I do sleep off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, but yeah, that's one of the challenges being global. I'm in the US, you're in India, and we're basically at opposite hours here because it's about noon for me and it's about midnight for you. It right? is 12:41. So yeah, I appreciate you joining us and you do look very fresh, I got to say, considering <laughs> it's after midnight for you. So. Uh, th this is early in the day for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You have, I was looking back at some of your YouTube stuff and I have watched some of your videos, but I haven't watched a whole lot of them. Just, there's so much content out there, but you've been pretty active on your YouTube channel and you have almost 1600 followers or subscribers, which is pretty good for having an independent channel. And you've talked about a number of topics. It's not just blockchain and crypto. You're talking and your name, the name you use on socials, Salman needs a job. And we joke about that in our meetings and stuff, Salman has a job. Salman needs money. <laughs> Salman needs a job that pays him. And so, you know, we're working toward that. It's, it's a challenge in this space, especially when we're in a bear market. But it really impressed me that you've been so consistent in shipping content. And one of the things I went to is your original teaser. It was only like two minutes. It was just a colored video. It was kind of rough and stuff. And you were in the middle of setting up your mics. And it was, I like that because it, it gives a sense of people getting started and creating without feeling like they have to be pro from day one. And I just really, it made me want to see your journey. And just the fact that you're talking to people about what they're interested in. You talked to a pediatrician, you were in Dubai talking to, I forget the man's name, but he had, I guess he had been. Yeah, he's a medical professional, a pediatrician, yes, yes. Sharon, his name is Sharon. And so, yeah, I didn't realize you had been able to do travels like that and be able to do remote live interviews is pretty cool. Happy to talk about that, yeah. That one in particular, I've lived it. What prompted you to start your YouTube channel? So to explain why I started my YouTube channel might require a little background, but 
a note on the state of the channel. I haven't been very consistent, but I have been at it. I've never given up is what I'd say because I could have easily given up. I've put a lot of effort into my work on my YouTube. There are few videos, but some of them are like extremely high effort. And even now, some of the stuff that I'm working on at the moment is extremely high effort. And for what they do in terms of views and everything, it's actually quite insignificant and it frustrates me for sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's frustrating. Yes. And I don't want to digress on this a whole lot, but other creators, whether they're doing Insta stories or Reels or TikTok or YouTube or what have you, you don't get an audience right away. And if you hit on something, you resonate with your audience and all that. Yeah. But it takes time. And one day, if you do get that, that inflection point where suddenly something you do gets visibility and people start subscribing, if you don't have anything else, you're going to lose them right away. So yeah. the fact that you already have two years of content out there, I know I do this when I listen to new shows or I subscribe to new YouTube channels. Oh, what else does this person have? And you've got all this content out there already. Yeah. True. So don't feel bad about creating content and putting it out there and upskilling and you just never know what's going to hit. And even if it doesn't, you're still <laughs> learning, you're still meeting people uh, and something's going to come out of it. We joke about Sal Salman needing a job. Salman has a job and Salman has many jobs, but... <laughs> I think I know that at one point, at some point here, you're going to meet the right set of people or whatever. You're going to know it in your gut that it's the right Thank thing. you very much. I actually am quite like, I love what I create, proud of it too. And, and I think some of it is really good. I think some of the work that I do on my channel, nobody does is my unique belief. I'll just tell you a little bit about how the YouTube channel began. Let me just explain the name first which is salman needs a job is basically it represents kind of the hunt for purpose what i should be doing in my life like throughout my career i've done a bunch of things in terms of jobs and profiles never really been satisfied in terms of what i'm doing is had all this itch this whole time is this what i need to be doing is this my best work and i'm like and also a lot of insecurity which led not led me which took me on a path of doing different kinds of things adjacent maybe but exploring different things which is what i really enjoy what i what what is possible with daos i lived for a few years in dubai uh uh, kind of like had a phase of burnout story on its own and then I came to India uh, back home and uh, as I came here I was like man what should I be doing now should I find a job or should I be working on something that I some projects that I was working on which was my intention when I came back you know I had this these ideas that I had developed developed it was a website called lifepro.tools it, it was some ideas I had around that but then I realized that website was it there was nothing more to that so I probably need a job. So what should that job be is when I thought about this podcast called Salman Needs a Job as a listener of a million podcasts. And the name a little inspired by the show called Conan Needs a Friend. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> yes, uh, I do too. At that time, it was just being launched. So I actually needed a job. So through this podcast, the intention or the idea is to talk to different people about their jobs in the hopes that I am able to identify what is the right job for me. So that's what I did. I interviewed like a lot of different people everything from a coconut plucker to a magician to a dog contributor to a youtuber to a police professional medical professional and all that and uh, leading me to what i do now which is exclusively uh, 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 content, content. Also a 
little going to focus a lot more on, on DAOs. But what you'll find is that maybe I did identify what I need to be doing, which is very representative mm -hmm. on my channel. But how it began, just to take it back a little bit, I actually thought about starting just a podcast, not a video. So actually, the first thing I bought is, are these mics that you see in front of me, these dynamic mics mm -hmm. and a Zoom recorder. And I didn't think I did record a podcast and with somebody as a test. And then, and then one day there was a, like this Amazon big billion day or something like that. It's like a massive sale uh, that happens once a year. And I saw this camera called Canon M50, which is a, an excellent uh, mirrorless camera, which is light, portable, uh, high quality, which was on a decent discount. And I told my wife, Hey man, uh, maybe, what do you think? And she was like, go for it. I was like, are you serious? Should you think, do you think I should go for it? She said, yeah, go for it. And I bought it. I, I, and I bought it. That, that, is, it. that is when my uh, content became a video. I still hadn't launched my YouTube actually then, not my podcast. I was just, I had just got my equipment, which is the mics. But on that day, the day I got my camera at my home, there was like a little bit of a construction situation going on where uh, an auto driver, auto is like a think of it as a truck he came and he was installing uh, he brought something to be installed at my home and he told me about this story which is that as he was coming in to deliver this he got fined for some kind of a fine traffic violation or something like that which is 1000 rupees which is significant for this guy for not this guy even for me for a, significant for anybody to be handing out fines for no reason but for him especially and at that time it was a time when the government had just introduced this fine the state government they had escalated the fine so i was like man this is crazy why you have having to pay this and apparently he told me that he's having to pay this very regularly now i was like man you tell me about it on camera so that yeah. if you go back to my channel the very first video is that i just got my camera on that day i turned it on i had this mic and i was like and there was a construction going on behind my house so there was noise as well so it was not an ideal mm -hmm. environment to record but i was like uh, i have to do it now I, and it was even in, in a local language called kannada it was not in english so i just had a very struggling interview with him about this thing that he faced with his job so yeah that is the very first interview and yeah that's how my content became a video channel ever since i launched the podcast which was audio plus video uh, but very soon i actually realized rather than doing these in person with carrying these mics and a bunch of mics and going to these people and planning it and, and all that uh, what seems to be working is at least what i seem to be more efficient at is meeting people and immediately doing a podcast so i started just doing that i dropped the podcast the audio feed which was just like six or seven episodes you'll find on that feed eight i think and i just started doing these videos and it's only a youtube channel right now i love to hear those origin stories and why how and why people got started it's often something like that right where you're not intending to do it you're not ready and it's oh there's this opportunity it might also yeah. be interesting to hear how i actually started this whole content journey quick story yeah. actually i while i was working in my marketing job in dubai i i had an opportunity uh, to go to the us which is uh, for a conference by hubspot so i am like a hubspot guy great platform fantastic community unbelievable so this was in 2018 so i went to a conference called inbound which was in boston and uh, it is always a dream for me to go to the us like always i love uh, yeah, a lot of reasons why I want to do that. But that was a f when I first did that, I was like, I was just, I was living my dream. I was like mind blown. What is this? I'm in the US. I'm in Boston. And I was in like, uh, in a, not a countryside, but at least it was an Airbnb outside of Boston city called Medford. 
and i just wanted to show it to the world like i didn't used to post anything on i was like totally inactive my instagram the last post was like 2 years before that or 3 years and i never mm-hmm. post anything at all absolutely zero social media presence even though i was working in social media but then this is something i wanted to post i was like i thought maybe i'll take a picture in front of the inbound logo and then i'll post it or whatever i didn't do that the first day i was the conference itself was like insane again on the second day on during the morning i i didn't give it any thought i just took my phone on my Instagram uh, story and I just did a story like I booked an Uber to go to the conference and while the Uber was on its way I just did a story hey I'm actually here in Boston doing just attending this mind blowing conference and I'm going to show it mm-hmm. to you guys on uh, Instagram stories you'll find that video on my YouTube all the way back I did a compilation of it and I posted it but what i want to tell you is that after that particular instagram story i didn't stop the entire trip in the us is like 50 instagram stories a day <laughs> even if you go to my instagram on the right. highlights you'll find it saved all the way back and i seem to really enjoy it videos and you know, talking to people on a video like quickly it's i i seem to really enjoy it and like it was a complete unlock how did it happen i didn't know this i had an interest for anything like this so th- this was something i discovered just on the whim uh, because i was exposed to maybe travel and mm-hmm. and i really well, attribute a lot to that particular like trip and i probably would never have done a video if not for that trip and then i continued to do it on my instagram stories for a very long time until i came back to india and started this what i told you <laughs> youtube channel great Yeah, that's great. I love hearing all that. Yeah, we can talk about a lot of things. You had mentioned and I don't know where you wanted to put this in the conversation, but I thought it was really cool what you did with the poet for your son's birth. Do you want to talk about that or do you want to maybe you want to cover anything else before we jump into that? Let's talk about that. Maybe just before that, I'll tell you about how I got into like DAOs. So, because that's a context to that as well. Sure. Because initially when I was creating this content, one of my earliest content, in fact, is about Web3 on my channel. It's at a conference in 2019. I went to a blockchain conference, developer conference in India, where I actually spoke to early employees of Polygon. And a lot of people had some really interesting conversations there and created this amazing video, <laughs> which I find amazing. <laughs> it was crypto, like it was all about crypto at that time. But that particular conversation you'll find discussion about blockchain and its use cases even references to nft not the word nft but you can tell the guy was talking about nfts because he was talking about putting land records on the blockchain and things like that but mm-hmm. after that i even that video starts with this whole premise of hey i'm trying to identify is there something for me in this space but it looked like there isn't because i wasn't very interested in crypto so until last year when this whole web3 thing happened and it was like i think nft somehow i started following it and uh, when daos when i found out about daos that is when it really started to capture my imagination especially understanding that hey what is possible with it like how you're able to select your work and all that and especially getting into one of these discords and seeing work being done in public and the idea of being able to contribute to anything like mind blowing but but i just I wasn't able to begin my journey contributing like I joined Bankless DAO didn't happen I was like man what's going on and similarly I joined a couple of other DAOs maybe joined as in joined the discord didn't begin contributing 
until I actually uh, discovered this show on Twitter, a Twitter Spaces series by Daopedia, it was called, where they were like covering like different DAOs on a Twitter Spaces series. And uh, I reached out, hey, I'm actually trying to learn about different DAOs and I think I can do something for y'all. While at that time, my wife was also like quite pregnant, almost eight months in. And it was like, I, I just... It, it was during those days, I was like really getting obsessed with the concept of DAOs. I really wanted to get involved, but it was it just wasn't happening. And I remember like in, on one of the nights, I, I was like with my wife and I was like this DAOpedia thing, I just found it on Twitter at 3 a.m. or something like that. I was like, man, I think this is gonna, I think it's going to happen. I think I'm going to be able to contribute here because I just messaged him on Twitter and uh, with an idea and all that. And my wife was like, dude, this sounds like patterns. You, you're having too many ideas. You need to yeah, take it easy. Yeah. And she was quite pregnant too. But I was like, I still woke up and I continued with that message and I started to kind of get involved. Not really. I just began the discussion of getting involved until another fine day, just a few days later. I was during one of these Twitter spaces. I was just taking notes of this Twitter space. This is the very first time I was doing it. Like mm -hmm. my first attempt at uh, contributing to DAOs. I was like, maybe I should just take notes of this Twitter spaces and uh, send it to them and uh, they, they could use it. I was taking notes and it was in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. And that's when, that's what you'll find written on that app, that particular story, which is that my wife woke me up saying my water broke. And I was like, oh man, yes. I'm just finishing these notes. <laughs> I just have to send it to somebody. I just have to edit it before I send. Just let me send it. Yeah, I just finish this. But <laughs> but her water broke. So it's like we can, we have to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I, I think there are more important things to do. So I didn't tell her obviously what I'm what I'm. In. I knew that this was of a bigger priority. I'll be there in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I need to send this email. What? <laughs> yeah, so we went to the hospital and obviously until that time, I wasn't ready at all for having a child. And I was like very afraid until that evening when things changed completely, when I saw my child and I was like, wow, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be exciting. And I'll testimony uh, today, I'll tell you that it is exciting. So that's when, that was my first dark contribution. I, th I think it is quite special too, which is why I mentioned it because after that I did send it while waiting in the hospital. I just sent it to this person. Her name is Tuna. I just sent her that Google doc saying, hey, it's unedited, but uh, here's the thing. I'm in the hospital about to have a child. <laughs> <laughs> so here you go. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little busy right now. Yes. Yeah, that particular episode with that particular doubt did not work out, but I got involved in Bankless DAO by then and I got my first PO app. And I understood what poaps are and quite fascinating, which quite a fascinating concept. And then 21 days later, during, during my son's naming ceremony, his name is Noah. I actually created a poap as proof of attendance for people who attended. And I handed out with a story of like how his name came about, which you just heard the story, which you just heard part of that, which is the moment of him being born, but also the story of what <laughs> these few parts of mm -hmm. his name stands for. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. So just to add something more to that, during that time, during that particular month as well, there was another document that Daopedia, uh, what they expected of me, like I wanted to do like a video series. I thought maybe I could contribute through a video series, which they weren't uh, very interested in, but they were like, you can do Twitter threads. That's what we are doing. We're doing Twitter threads. So you can create Twitter threads about different DAOs. So I was like, I don't really do Twitter a lot, but I can give it a shot. That's how I went back to Bankless DAO because I remember joining Bankless DAO and going through their first quest. And so I went through that first quest again, just to understand that. And I created a thread specifically about the first quest. 
and I gave it to her. And she was like, actually, we are looking for a story about DAOs, not about the project within it. Although this is interesting, so I was like, all right, uh, I'm going to post this myself, and which you will find pinned on my uh, Twitter today. That's the particular thread about the first quest and the story about beginnings of my DAO journey. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just took it all over the place with your question. I just thought it was really cool that that's a use case, right? for an NFT. And I think we need to get away from that term anyway. And maybe I've seen people start to refer to them as digital collectibles, I think, which makes more sense to people. Yeah. Or like a commemorative, an event commemoration. What's better as an event commemoration than a child's birth? Yeah. Something. What a great use for it. Yeah. Something also pretty cool, not with co-ops, but with NFTs for that particular one. So if I upload it into OpenSea, which I did for myself, but if you can just create like an unlockable NFT thing and for anyone who has it also gets access to a, like a folder of pictures from that day or something like that, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah. Now jumping in this a little bit, the idea that you now have this token that is specifically related to the people that were there at your, whether it's your son's birth or a subsequent event, whether it's a first birthday or what have you. And then the people that were there, they get that. And then they're the only ones that have access to that content. And especially with everything being online and concerns about privacy, and you want to share photos of your kids with people, but some family members and some friends are like, I will not put pictures of my baby on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Unless they gate it really carefully because they're just concerned. And so I think that's, that's a really great way to, to, you're gating content, but you're doing it for a reason, a very valid reason. Anyway, I talk about the security center. We're talking about joyous occasions and celebrating fun things and doing art, but it has all those other components to it. And that's where your brain goes and you're thinking, oh, wow, this is bigger. This is a bigger deal. Yeah. NFTs are so interesting. Yeah. I think there's just so many ways to think about them. That's also what I find really cool about these meetings in Bankless DAO. There's all these discussions about NFTs because it just opens your mind to everybody is thinking about it differently and there are so many brainstorming sessions. It has introduced so much creativity into all of us, just this whole Web3 and NFTs and all that. It just opened our minds to think in so many different ways and that's just so exciting. Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out too, and I know we wanted to talk about this today, and that is the grant you got from Dow Punks. Maybe talk about that a little bit. And that was actually a revenue driver to Bankless Dow in the early days and kind of bootstrapped our treasury. They joke about go from being a corp rat to a Dow Punk. Yeah. And how do you do that? Like you're saying, you need to have this experimental space to explore what it is you think you want to do and then work with it for a while. Right, right. absolutely. You've also documented your journey there with Dow Punks and the, the mirror post you did about Actually, your journey. Actually, uh, a funny story. It's on LinkedIn. It's on LinkedIn. Yeah. Hey, you got a bridge. You got a bridge. I should move it to someplace else. My thinking was that I knew that there has a newsletter feature, which seems to be pretty good, which it, it seems is I've got 300 subscribers on that newsletter. Just in, I got like maybe 100 in just a couple of hours. So it's a pretty cool tool. Although now I think nobody's reading that newsletter on LinkedIn. So maybe not all that great an idea to post it there. But the idea is that it is a place to discuss about work. And this series that I have is about the future of work, which is about DAOs, which is, right. why, which is why I chose to post it there. Although not a great idea. I would have to <laughs> rethink that. Uh, but the grant is a big one. Yeah, agreed. H happy to indulge. 
Yeah, that's very nice. And then I actually won a Dow Punk. It came about through ThriveCoin. We did a previous episode where NF Thinker and Synod were on, and, and ThriveCoin was one of the projects we talked about, doing good, some others. But ThriveCoin, one of the things I really like about that is it rewards and recognizes prior work. Yeah, right. And so when they talked about it on CommuniCall, I went ahead and connected my wallet. Yeah. And, and then they did a drawing based on, I think it was like the top 10 or 15 point value accruers. And the only reason I accrued points was from prior work that it went and looked on chain and it gave me the points. I actually got a, a Dow Punk. I think it's been a couple of months or more now. There was an episode of Crypto Bushi on uh, Crypto Sapiens and everything he said rang a, rang a bell uh, <laughs> with me. It was just amazing. It was just like a fantastic episode and he just said it just, there were so many takeaways from that episode one of the things he said is that right now is the time if you want to change your career if you want to do something completely different now is the time you absolutely can do it and another thing that he said is that if you want to be an artist and if you think you're an artist say it you're an artist don't let anybody stop you I was like, man, that is true maybe I don't I hesitate to say these things because I have my subscribers aren't like as impressive as many other channels and all that. But I was like, man, I should totally own it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So many of these things really rang a bell with me. And I literally bought the Daopunks NFT in the morning at 6 a.m. The gas was low as well. And I saw that it was like 0.118. I was like, man, I'll get it. I knew how much it was going for before. I, I got it. And I think like a month or two later, they released they announced this grants program. I know they have a grants program. I've applied for the last one too, but didn't get shortlisted. But this one, I applied for it and I got in. And I am very grateful because I feel like this is the first show of support for my project and actually like a monetary show of support. And it has not happened before. So this is really like something I really feel motivated by. And I have made some commitments on my proposal, which I would like to keep, which I would like to deliver on. And and yeah, just grateful for the that community and of course grateful to Bankless DAO more than anything because it started in Bankless DAO and a lot of the people who mm. watched for me on the snapshot were uh, from Bankless DAO and mm -hmm. generally speaking just yeah a lot to be grateful for and with Bankless DAO yeah yeah very cool I was I couldn't vote for you I didn't get that <laughs> DAO punk until after the and I'm like damn it if I bought one back then <laughs> many good people did but anyway, no, it's great. I'm really, I'm really happy. There were a number of folks that were asking for grants there. Congratulations. So, yeah. yeah. We're trying to get that connectivity, like what you're doing is you're talking to people about what they're doing in their life and what their job is like. I remember back in, in college and they did something and it was not a wide, widely done thing. It was actually in the psychology department. It's like 101. And part of that, they were train graduate students or something and have us go in and talk to the graduate student and do an informational interview and then they had us go out and do that i think with people in industries that we thought we might be interested in and then to just go set call them up set up an appointment and say hey i'm a university student and i would like to interview you about your profession wow and you know how hard that is when you're like 19 or something you're 20 and you're like i'm gonna go contact this person in this business that's like a vp and i and ask them about their job what <laughs> wow and i did do that and it was i did it with somebody who was loosely connected it was like a professor of mine and he had this business owner that that was high powered and i'm like could i maybe talk to him 
And and so I did it, and he was gracious. He was, people love to talk about themselves. Are you kidding? Yeah, true. <laughs> I love that, and I would love to learn more about that because only recently I found out about something else called career days, which is a tradition in schools, I believe, in the U.S., which is also something similar, which is bringing parents to talk about their professions in in schools. And I feel like that is just so amazing. Not only is it a great way to educate the kids about the different opportunities, at least not in their generation, but you know what to look up to, but also a great way to engage their parents and i was like man this sounds like very much like what i'm doing as well my project is doing that on behalf of other people <laughs> yeah yeah no i think it's really also cool. just want to add to what you mentioned just before this is about how in what we are doing here in web3 or crypto is different from what all the different kinds of people you'll meet but over here I mean, just, I, I don't know, my thoughts are a little jumbled, but I think this project specifically, Making Bank, is very special and I love it. And I think it really captures what a bankless DAO is about in, a, in such a small project, which is a weekly conversations with people. And it's just such, it's just goodwill, good vibes and, and educational and everything. Everything good about bankless DAO is this little show called Making Bank. And of course, I'm part of it too and really proud of the work you are doing uh, honestly and and i know that you are also contributing to many other places within the dow but making banks especially i think a wonderful project and yeah i think a, very much not only a service to the dow but a service to the space uh, to capture what is happening in one of the most amazing places on the internet which is bankless dow well, thanks for that, thanks Salman. For that, Salman. We are a pretty small team. <laughs> and I keep asking, it's like, hey, if other people want out, I not the only guy here. And you've done a few. And we've had Miss Purple on. And we'd like to have her back. We've got some other folks that have expressed interest in participating too. And every guest that's come on the show has said, thank you so much. And a couple of them, it's been the first time they've ever been on a podcast. And we're nervous about coming on. And it ended up great. I know Podcast Hatchery is wanting to do some some learning programs where they help people get in these yeah. in a non-threatening, where you're trying things out before it goes on the airwaves. I got to say, the first time I hit publish on that first episode that I was the host on, <laughs> nervous as hell. I've never done this before. I don't even like social media. Now you don't, it, it's changed completely for you, I, I would imagine. It has, yeah. And you have to pick and choose, just trying to figure out, like you, you hit on something with your own content that I think really resonates widely. It can resonate widely with a lot of people. So I see nothing but upside potential there. And as you've started to find your voice and the things you care about. And when you're interested and you're interested in what you're doing, it comes through in the conversations. And yeah, yeah it's fun. It's fun. It, it is fun and uh, it is good work. Also, quick shout out to Elemental for his, uh, while talking about making bank for stewarding a lot of what we do. Yes. And we did do an episode with Elemental. We called it the meta episode. Right. Let's see. What, I'll even tell you what number that was. Let's see. It was the meta episode. 23 on August 9th. Yes. Anyway, so what have we not covered? We covered, we did great background on you. So thank you for sharing that. I never even knew that. So thank you. The Dow Punk Grant. And then, so you have your YouTube channel, but you also have your own website now, which is fulltimedow.com. Is that correct? That is correct. Is that you? 
Yes, that's I just set it up literally last week, inspired by this the nature of this cohort, which the, the Dao Punks grant, which is to help you go from a corporate to a full time Dao Punk. So one of the expectations from the Dao Punk grant is a weekly newsletter where you talk about document what you're working on and stay accountable to Dao Punks. I created a newsletter called the Full Time Dao Newsletter, inspired by the <laughs> by, by, uh, by what is happening in the Dao Punks grants uh, that I've received. And in the second week, as I was, uh, I'm also planning to launch a couple of things on my channel, which is a live stream uh, about DAOs, which uh, an in-depth live stream about DAOs, about the many different oh. DAOs that are out there in an effort to consolidate, consolidate some of my content and give it a web presence and also index it on, on uh, the search I created. Mm -hmm. I found that at fulltimedao.eth was available dot com was available dot xyz was available so no better time to create brand around that and i <laughs> got them all and also the struggle with salman needs a job is while the name is funny and all that it isn't something that i'm able to pitch it to anybody as anything professional it seems like too much of an independent creator work that cannot be labeled anything beyond that so i think with this full-time dao i can do something beyond in terms of at least positioning of my work so that's mm -hmm. something it's set up on paragraph dot uh, xyz which allows for token gating of content and everything it would okay. be interesting to explore as as I go ahead with this. For now, anybody can subscribe and you, you'll begin to see content on it very soon. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Salman. That was my main plug, actually. I'm working on a few things, but but anyway, this fulltimedow.com is available for people to hype. Man, lots of stuff mm -hmm. to touch on here. So yeah, reputation, NFTs, you building your channel and audience using the grant from Dow Punks. You'll be writing about your journey there. Yeah. So anything else? I feel like we've talked a lot, but we've maybe not come to any conclusions on anything, not that we need to. So where do you, you know, we kind of, kind of have a sense of the things you're interested in. I'm in this same space too, which is why I'm asking the question, which is found some areas that you vibe with you're excited to get up in the morning and you want to work on it. You want to go talk to people and go to events and stuff, and make content and get better at it. What's the end game? Is there an end game? I don't think there's an end game as such. There is no end game at all. In fact, it's just, I think the idea is to find satisfaction with what I do and to more than that, to do what satisfies me. So more than finding satisfaction in work, in my work, it's also about doing work that satisfies me. I think like right now, even right now, something I struggle with is that I actually get job offers. People do approach me to like mm. work and it does happen a lot. And it is always like a dilemma. Should I actually entertain that? Because if I don't want it, then I'm just wasting other people's time. I'm going through the entire process and everything. It's not that I don't want, I actually do need a job to sustain my life and everything. While at the same time, I'm very afraid that it is going to take me to the same, going to end up in the same thing, which is not being satisfied in what I do and everything. There are things that I want to be working on that I want to continue to work on. While at the same time, a job would be great if it allows me to work on things that I want to work on, one. And second, if it is actually interesting, which is which I find interesting, many interesting things nowadays within Web3. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of opportunity to actually work in this space as well, which I might have actually interviewed for one recently, which was an inbound job request again. But then also, this is, this is a question in my mind, I would say, yeah, the state with what should I be doing <laughs> with my life? And I think that's been a constant question for a long time. While 
I seem to have arrived at what interests me and what is the area I want to be focusing on. The question remains, will I do that? What will I be doing? I feel like what I should do is commit further to DAOs. I think this ecosystem has done a lot for me. In just the little time that I have been here, I have one enjoyed it to really found community. What I really appreciate more than anything else about this space is how people are supportive. This is the very first time I joined Bankless DAO and everybody in Bankless DAO follows me on Twitter. So you don't, it doesn't happen. Like people don't support you like that. Within Bankless DAO, it's without questioning. People follow you back, people talk to you. And there's a vibe between each of you. Like I met Kriti at this conference at a random building in a random city, <laughs> Bangalore. I checked that out and it was so nice to see that. And you see people's faces and the energy and excitement, the passion for what they're doing. I look back on my early career and you don't know what you're going to do. You don't know, should I go work for this company? Should I be in this industry? And especially when it's something new, and I've talked about this before, people think you're nuts. They don't know anything about it. And so they're doing something with the, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and then 10 years later, I was like, oh yeah, that, I remember when he was telling me about that and I told him it was nuts. Yeah, I get that. I remember that. And the, the other thing I wanted to mention, and you were talking about trying to decide and not wanting to commit to something forever. And not, you don't have to commit to something forever. And I really respect that you don't want to put your time into something where you don't have the heart and energy and, and you don't want to waste the time of the entity that wants to hire you. So. There it is. I got it. I got what's end game. I got it. So this is where my channel began, right? Is Salman needs a job. He's about talking to different people about their jobs so that I can figure out what I need to be doing in my life. So how to achieve that is basically to have conversation about every single job in the world. <laughs> so what would that look like is an ultimate resource for anybody who's trying to identify what they need to be doing with their life to come in into maybe like a website, add their interests, skills, and give them an idea about, hey, listen to this podcast. Does this job resonate with you? Or come in with a preconceived like interest. Hey, I want to be a lawyer. Do I, do, should I be a lawyer? And get into this resource and find out like, hey, do I have the skills for it? Does it sound interesting to me? Does it sound like something I want to do? Or beyond just the resource, have a place to test drive that job like you can within a DAO. Have, give them a platform to have a conversation with a fellow lawyer about what yeah. it is with that job. Like a Wikipedia about jobs, but just more than that. So it's there's this project of mine called Who Needs a Job, uh, which is an idea uh, around this. Ever since I have started focusing on Web3, I have uh, stopped doing what I was doing before, which is talking to all the people about all the other jobs. And that is an important thing to me. It's not that while I'm very interested in Web3 and I want to, I will only be doing Web3 and DAO content now on, but it pains me a little bit to know that, hey, uh, there is like a local business that has started and I find the guy very insp inspiring. And I, on a normal day, I would probably do an interview with that guy. But now I feel like that's not my role. I have... I know mm -hmm. where, where my role is. So what I want to do, what the idea behind who needs a job is to actually facilitate some kind of a platform towards that mission of helping people figure out their careers. What this could look mm -hmm. like, a couple of things, is one which you described, which is in universities for people to be able to just reach out, reach out to somebody else with a different job and have this conversation. Another one is something I learned recently, which is career days, which is a very interesting concept. Third... 
third is what is actually possible and doable with this project called Hunisa Job is to create some kind of a platform or a framework where anybody can come in and host a conversation with another person about their job. What I used to do, but decentralize it. If supposing yeah. somebody else wants to become a lawyer, rather than me having that interview, let that person have that interview. And who needs a job becomes a facilitator of this conversation. They come in Very and cool. this platform finds a, finds a lawyer who would be interested in sharing with you that, that information through a conversation, in my opinion, held publicly on a Twitter space so that it can be repurposed as a podcast or piece of uh, written content for other people as well to benefit as well, uh, while at the same time give this person who is hosting the conversation an opportunity to upskill as a host and second get involved in web3 like through earning some kind of a token just for doing that it doesn't need to be web3 work but just engaging with this project so this is a twitter account i have called mm -hmm. who needs a job dao which right now is not really my focus but what i just described to you is something i want to put forward as a like a mission document or something like that and and let other people do it yeah yeah, that's interesting. I like that concept. And I think you have to voice these things to manifest them because somebody may hear that and go, oh, and it, yeah, <laughs> I want to do that. I have a Discord where I used to just, what I used to do is every day, uh, every Monday on a 3 p.m., uh, host a call where we all talk about our own jobs, not jobs, sorry, what we are doing this week and just create like a safe space just to f talk about how we feel with respect to our job because it can be, we often, we, yes, especially when you're working remote and all that, you don't have friends, you go out for a smoke <laughs> and uh, talk to. So I try to create a space like that, but isn't really working out. <laughs> but, it's the concept is there. I think it's a good one. It's just, it's iterating, right? It's figuring out what works, what doesn't. Yeah. Try stuff and say, oh, that thing didn't work. We won't do that one again. <laughs> I'm so glad I was able to communicate this, but because when you asked what's the end game, I, I, I didn't connect the dots, but I think this, if it was a bit of an unfair question, I sprung it on you, not even knowing what I was expecting to get out of that, but <laughs> I still have to thank you because I think if I can dedicate, if what I do, if the work I do can contribute to creating a resource like that, I think that is something I would be willing to commit to for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing that happened, we talked about this before, is you're making all those connections. It's social capital, for one thing. Yes, I Speak Nerd talked about this on, a, on another sure. show. You're a bit different. You've totally, you're fully documented. You, your first name, last name, you're on LinkedIn, you have your own channel that you use your full name. Not everybody is like that. And so building that social capital, if you, especially if you're a nun, how do you do that? They don't know who you are. They don't, until you demonstrate commitment and you demonstrate that you can be trusted. So we're having a lot of these experiments in trust and human coordination and realizing as we've seen, when you don't have transparency, what happens? Human nature, right? DAOs can be great spaces to experiment. And like you were talking about, vibe with people that have similar interests, right? And maybe there is a project you can get plugged into where you can earn some money, you can upskill yourself, and then that leads to the thing. It's a different mindset. Not only passion, but also an interest to learn something different, which DAOs provides an opportunity for. If you hear the fact that a lot of people do treasury and coordinate management, and most people do not work in finance, but in DAOs, turns out they do. <laughs> so it, it is a new skill people uh, get exposed to new activity so it's really cool 
I was trying to find this. I think it was a conversation with uh, Balaji. He had mentioned about, and this is shifting a bit, but he talked about English speakers in India and that it is probably the largest English speaking country outside of the US. And I meant to pull this up before we chatted today because I thought it was really fascinating. Between perfect English, writing it well, and having the technical skills. And then what the government has done with trying to automate payments and things. Yeah, Balaji talks a lot about India and how India is the next superpower. I think it's India and China or just <laughs> India. I think he believes in India too much. Mm -hmm. And obviously, we are very happy to hear that. But yeah, one thing that you mentioned is the... Financial stack of India, I believe, is one of the things that he has spoken about, which, by the way, I think a lot of people outside of India do not know, is that this technology called universal payment interface, I believe, one of the most phenomenal technologies ever invented, like ever. Yeah, I think that's what he's talking There's about. nothing like that anywhere else. So it's a way to make an online payment. Let me just describe to you. Yeah, please. Right now, like below my building here, the person who's selling a, a tender coconut, just a tender coconut for you to drink, which is 30 rupees, which is not even half a dollar, will be accepting online payment, is accepting online payment through this technology called UPI. It is extremely easy to make an online payment, not now, from the last four years maybe. You don't need to take a, your wallet outside when you go out, you just need your phone because Everybody in mm -hmm. India accepts online payment, UPI. They have a QR code everywhere and, and you're able to scan it and make a payment. And it's just a brilliant technology, which I think other countries as well are using it, beginning to use it. India is extending it. This is, I think, maybe one of the things that Balaji speaks about. But when apart from that, he also talks about India being like a media superpower, I believe. I'm not sure how exactly to explain that, but that is one of the things he also speaks about. He is very bullish in India, however. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate you get covering that. I think it's something that people aren't aware of if you're not in India. Every Indian knows about it, of course, but everywhere else, why? What are you talking yeah, about? Actually, when I was in uh -huh. Dubai, that is something I like, I almost felt crippled because when you're here in India, like you experience this mind blowing technology, and then you go anywhere else and you don't get that. You're like, oh no, is this even mm -hmm. possible? <laughs> All right, Salman, this has been a lot of fun. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Yeah, so. Subscribe to fulltimedow.com. And then, of course, Salon needs a job on YouTube. Uh, you've got two years of content out there. And there's plenty to watch, and you'll get a real feel for Salmon. And you'll meet some other people, some Bankless Dow folks, and you'll meet Salmon's family too. Let's see. Anything else before we wrap? There's another topic I didn't know if you wanted to. It's up to you about, you've had a tough time lately with some things in your life. And I just didn't know if you wanted to leave that out or not, I, or chat about it with. I don't mind. It's entirely up to you. I don't want to push, but. I, I don't mind. Um, I, we can give it a try. I was just thinking about, and in the context of remembering what's important, we get wrapped up in, in all these shiny, whizzy things and in the news and other things. And I, I just wanted to bring it back to remembering that, that we got to take care of our own and take care of people and be there for them. And I think you and I spoke about this before, about 
capturing those conversations and those meaningful moments. And so I just wanted to go at it from that angle. That is fine. And I appreciate that you reaching out at that time. And a lot of the people, yeah, a lot of the people from Banklister as well did. Actually, I recently, on October 1st, I lost my brother, Rayan, to a heart attack. I don't have to tell you how painful it is or any of that. But what I will tell you is that he is my absolute best friend. He is a six years um, younger than me. He, him, him, Rayan, me and my sister Noreen, we're all like extremely close and we are like absolute best friends. There's nobody who are like the three of us and we've been there for each other for the longest time and through many things I can't even describe to you. And uh, yeah, I think this happened. It came out of nowhere. My, there's a few things I can say, but just one fine day, my, I received this call from someone I know about something that might have happened. And I learned that my brother, Rayan, who is, who is living in a different city, he faced a heart attack and he passed it. Yeah, it was... Yeah, it's still something we're all dealing with. I yeah, I know it's still raw, so it's all, it's not even been two months. Yeah, yeah, and it's I can't even I can't even believe it has happened. I still cannot believe it has happened. It is just impossible to even. I don't know. Yeah, it's just I just consider it that he's still with me and he's still around, and that's how I see it because. We have had so many like memories throughout our lives together and I'm just really grateful for it. And I think we've made memories for a lifetime is how I think of it. And, and yeah, it's, I think even through to the very last days we have been, literally my last conversation about him was about who needs a job. It's just funny. Just a couple of days yeah. back before what happened, we were having a call, a long call, where we were just talking about the things we were both working on, and I told him about this. And I was about to add him on my Discord, but it's just uh, there's nothing to take away. Absolutely nothing to take away from that, except that uh, one day it's gonna come for all of us. And uh, yeah, and it's just it's just great that we have each other. And uh, I don't know, things are not easy back home as well. Yeah, not easy for anybody. And right now. Like I'm faced with his memories every day, wherever I look. And yeah. I'm glad I see him in my dreams. It's always good, except one of the days when I, it was like it happened all over again, and which was not an easy one. Yeah, just to, for this. Yeah, I, yeah, I know it's hard to talk about Salman, and I didn't want to just pretend like it didn't happen. I did write a tweet thread about this, and everybody from Bankless reached out to me, and uh, with with some of them with their personal experiences, very heartwarming experiences, and yeah, I was also grateful for that. Like just just I think I think being there for each other where we are is nice. Yeah, thank you, Salman. And it's a good reminder. We use these terms, human coordination. It's just people working together and getting along and working toward what should benefit us all, right? I don't know why that should be so complicated. So on that note, part of it is a plea to people to, to capture those moments. You don't have to be the 24-7 videographer, but if you're in a moment that just feels really, you know, you don't want to break the moment, of course, but man, if your family member's okay, maybe Get them used to having the camera on once in a while or the voice recorder. 
And then just sometime when you're just shooting a shit or whatever, just turn it on and say, hey, you mind if I capture this? Yeah. You won't regret you it. You mentioned to me about having done interviews with your mom and how you feel about mm-hmm. that. I have the same feelings and I'm glad you were able to do that. And I'm very glad I was able to do that as well. Because I think that podcast, the two episodes that I did with him and my sister will remain the most important work I've ever done. There's also a third one, which we recorded and we didn't publish because me and my sister, we really messed up and he was the only one who was like really prepared and... I'll probably be the best one. (laughs) He was really good. Yeah, that is going to remain in my, with me forever. Great. Yeah, yeah, that just says it all. So yeah, folks, don't forget. Okay, remember what's important. All right, Salman, we've been chatting for a while. I think we've covered quite a bit. Everything. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for going there with me. I didn't want to put you on the spot, but I'm glad you felt comfortable enough to and share. And I would, I would be comfortable with you. You're a very good friend. And like, it's the first we are seeing each other. But, but I think, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. I hope we get a chance to meet in person one of these days. I think we will. I think so, too. <laughs> All right, my friend, I'm going to go ahead and do the outro unless you want to say it. All right. All right. Thanks again, Sam. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. This has been Making Bank, a production of Bankless DAO. If you'd like to learn more about Bankless DAO, please visit bankless.community on the web for more information on how to get started. And of course, if you like what we're doing, please subscribe and follow on your favorite podcast platform. And we mean that. When you're in your podcast app, hit that button. It doesn't take but a second. Thanks.